Lovely. And yeah, our, our time was it, was, it was very encouraging for me because you know, I'm not a, someone who can preach a whole lot of notes. I often get a one-liner from the Lord, which is a little bit discouraging for me um, because now I have to live by faith. You know, I'd like, there's a lot of other guys, they've got all their notes, they're very relaxed before they preach, they preach so well. I get this one-liner, and then I have to navigate, like, walking this tightrope and trying to find the Lord. Um, and that is what was, was with the youth lost uh, on Friday night, was just, I had one line from the Lord, but it was so encouraging for me to see how they responded to him. And James and myself actually ministered together, uh, and just the, the heart and I, I, I don't know where William Sr. is. Where's William Sr.? Is he? Oh, he's at the back. And where's your wife? Is she here? Ah, oh, oh, there she is. Ah, oh, I see you guys. I want to just commend you, man. When I, what I see in this man, I was going, who's his parents? And um, I, I, yeah, I'll give them a hand as well. Give them a hand. And William Senior, I have a prophetic uh, encouragement for you. I, I, as we were praying in the prayer time, I saw the fear of the Lord in your heart. And you've remained, you've remained faithful to him, even when you've had to navigate some difficult times. And um, I don't want to go, I don't want to, you know, try and go further than what I can see. But I've, this is what I want to say to you, that... Uh, the Lord's removing some of the impact of the disappointments you've had to walk through. And there's a, a fresh season upon you. And I see a heart that's becoming more flesh-like. And I see an unveiled heart emerging in you. And there's such, a, there's such a commending of you in the Lord. Because you've held your course even though you've walked through. And uh, I want to say to you that I, I have a, a, a kind correction for you. The Lord is looking forward to hearing your prayers you knowing that he hears you and that he's answering you. And I just see a whole new shift of faith, a confidence in the Lord, a, an unveiled heart in the season that you're walking in. So well done for being faithful, mom as well, and continue in the Lord. So isn't it good to get an encouragement every now and then? Okay, so we're in the book of Mark. In the book of Mark. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, Lord, would you help me be faithful to that one-liner you gave me? And uh, let's do this together. So I'm reading right from the beginning, uh, if you want to go there, uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Zion the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Sounds like the Karoo. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So this is obviously the ministry of John the Baptist. And it says, he appeared baptizing in the wilderness, verse 4, and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem, just visualize this in your mind, were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan. This is a big thing. Now, let's, let's just look at this man um, confessing their sins. It says, John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather jacket or a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Now, this is a wild man eating honey and locusts. 
Maar ek kan sê, as hy hier in oudsoen uh, uh, gelewe het, sal die, sal die spring kan om boot gemaak. <laughs> you can't eat locusts here in this part of the world and live. So I don't know what was going down here, but he was eating locusts and honey. A different diet. A different person. Um, this is not the message, but just a little add-on here. He didn't choose a, one of the religious leaders of the day. God didn't choose the religious system. And this time, there were synagogues on every corner. There was a whole religious way of, of worshiping God and honoring God and fearing God. But God decided to take a man in the wilderness who was eating, eating wild or eating wild honey and locusts as his diet, living very differently. And it says the whole of Judea. I did a bit of a Google search on it. It was a couple of hundred thousand people that came out to him. Uh, and that's the way of the Lord, you know. I, I can't go down this road too much, but it's interesting what men will do without the influence of God when it comes to serving him. The religious systems that men will build that don't actually serve the purpose of God. And so God has to break out and find a man with a voice that'll prepare the way for what he wants to do. And, and because they'd gone so far off the way of the Lord, he, he needed to be, he, he, it's like he had, to, he had to take him out of virgin soil and, and nurture John the Baptist and give him a different diet so that he might have a voice to prepare the way for the Son of God. And if, if, um, if his destiny, if his whole call in life was to introduce Jesus, what he says about him is pretty important. And this is what the Bible says. Two things. Two things in John's message. First one is, this is verse 7. And after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. So John had a revelation that this man that's coming after me is God. It's like, who, I don't know who he is yet. He didn't know who he was. But he, he's, he's God. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. This is who's coming. And then he says this, and this is his work. This is the, one of the primary things he will do. I baptize with water. But this one whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Incredible how, how he summarized in a few words who he is and what he would do. One of the major works of the Lord is to baptize in the Holy Spirit. The word baptize means to immerse in. Um, the scripture is not clear about this, but I know that when you get baptized in water, your whole body is impacted by the water. But if you get immersed in the Holy Spirit, not just your outside gets immersed. The, 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 the Spirit of the Lord influences all of who you are. He's in you and around you. you you're, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is one of his major works. He didn't do this major work while he was on the earth. This is only after he had died and resurrected that this, this great work could be done. 
I wonder if we have devalued or not really recognized the significance of being filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is a, this is a great work of Christ currently. Um, and I wonder, I don't want to go too long, but I wonder if I could just apply this. Like, uh, I know that going through 10 scriptures wouldn't really hit the mark right now, but I wonder how I could somehow capture what is the, what is the, the purpose and the, the meaning and the value of what God saw when it came to us being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Go with me to John 14. I'm going to read a couple of things to help you see what he saw. Uh, John 14, verse 16. It says, I will pray the Father. He says, I will ask the Father. This is the ESV. The King James has prayed to the Father. And he will give you another helper. This is the first time he describes the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't describe him with a a small H. It's capital H. So he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. It's interesting, first point I want to make out of this. It takes God to follow God. It It takes God to be who God wants us to be. And so he doesn't... He doesn't, I want to take William's story, he doesn't want us all by ourselves to make the decision. He wants to actually come alongside of us. So what is happening to William was the Holy Spirit through him was coming alongside of him to help him see what's happening in his life and, and influencing him to choose the path. A helper. It takes God to love God. It takes God to follow God. How many of us are thinking that we need to be Christians? And in your mind of minds, yes, you've got the right theology, but in your real mind of minds, the heart of your heart, it's you by yourself trying to do what God wants you to do. That's not good Christianity. Actually, it's impossible. We need the helper. I like this. I like this part. It says, don't go there, but trust me, it's in the scriptures. Romans 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Man, that's encouraging. That, that your weakness, not just your weakness singular, your weaknesses, that the Spirit will actually help us. He comes alongside God himself, God himself, to strengthen us in our vulnerability. Yeah, that your vulnerability, your weakness, is not despised by the Lord. But actually, when it's turned over to God, can become a strength. I remember Reinhard Bonker saying that the Lord comes for the best of us and the worst of us. Our weakness, turned over to Christ, can become strength. He enables us. He's a helper. He's a person. He's fully person. Going to point number two. Um, that I'll be, I'll be talking about verse 18 now in John 14. Point number two. Verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 
So not only, and, and this is interesting, it's, I can't do the theology of this. It's, it's not, I just haven't got the time for it. But it's interesting how the Godhead is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And yet there's such a oneness that Jesus says, I'm going to go that when the helper comes, I will come to you. You see that? It's like there's, it's, there's such a, um, a unity in God, and yet we know that there are three persons. Yet we know they're three distinct persons, and yet they're one. So there aren't three gods. they are three persons, yet one God. And yet each one is God all by himself. I know it's a bit of a mind stretch, but just for those that are, have got wrong theology, that might help you to straighten it out a little bit. Um, it's always good to look at that. But I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Uh, verse 19, because I live, you also will live, and in that day you will know that I'm in my Father, so you will have a revelation. Because I'm being raised from the dead and the Holy Spirit comes, your eyes will see differently. So you will know in that day, look at it with me, that I'm in my Father and you in me and I in you. So in that day you will realize, looking back, that I was in my Father the Father was in me by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to know that, that you are in me and I'm in you. And then he hits this whole thing. He, hits, he lands it. He says, and we will come to you by the Holy Spirit. Make our home with you. Think about that. That we will come to you and make our home with you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is God coming near and making his home with us. And this is after God has become man. This is after that. You know, um, I had the Jehovah Witnesses. Can I just swing a little bit? Can you bear with me swinging? I had the Jehovah Witnesses knock on my door and... Uh, They've become a bit of an issue because they're always on every street corner. I've, I'm living in a new house. They've knocked on my door three times in six months. That's quite a bit. Huh? So they're really doing their rounds. I'm concerned about them. Uh, in my area, they're claiming that they had 40,000 plus people meeting in a stadium. 40,000. Do you have a witnesses? And cutting a long story short, they don't believe that Christ, Jesus, is God the Son. They believe he's created by God and just a man. Yes, he sacrifices blood, but he's not God. And so, uh, very important for us to actually know that God became man. And uh, Colossians 1, it says he's the, he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is where they get it wrong. They, they, they go, well, he's firstborn. What it means in, in Hebrew thinking, he's firstborn. Born means he who has authority over. So he's the firstborn of all creation. He wasn't created. It's his firstborn. And then it clarifies, for by him, probably verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. This is speaking about the Son of God. He's God the Son. And what's, what I love about this this man that he couldn't even reach down and untie his sandals, is God became vulnerable 
and became man and was even allowed himself to be tempted by evil. And how's that? That God would, would come so close to us that he was vulnerable to evil and had to overcome evil like William had to choose the right path, had overcome sin, died for us, rose again, and now by the Spirit he comes to us to make his home with us, the Father and the Son. And is able to strengthen us in our weak places and is able to be a faithful Savior. Man, this thing's good. The Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of us have actually neglected the advantage of knowing the Holy Spirit. You might not like that word, but Jesus actually uses that word in John 16, verse 7. He says, it's, it's to your advantage that I go. How's that? Because, because you're going to understand things that I could never communicate to you until I've been raised from the dead and I'm seated with the Father. It's to your advantage I go so that he, the helper, will come and actually we will come to you and make our home with you. Coming in for a landing now. You ready? It's nice to, it's a real landing because I'm, I'm not going to go long today. Um, uh, and then he says this um, my father will love him too so not only will we come and make our home with you but my father will love you as the father loved me so the father loves you it's an incredible thing to know like to know God loves you. We all know God loves the world. But to know God actually loves and knows me. Uh, uh, I don't want to be dishonoring to the Lord. But to even think that God has affection for us, it's life changing. That He loves us, even as He loved the Son. And it says that in Romans 5, it says that it's by the Holy Spirit that this is imparted. So you, you, you might not be aware of this, but it's actually not easy just to receive the love of God. It's, not a, it's actually just not a simple thing to receive. Uh, and, and, and Ephesians 3 says that we actually need to be strengthened in our inner beings to receive. It's like a work of God to actually receive his love for us. And so the Spirit of God, part of His work, is to push the love of the Father into us. You live in the good of this, never be the same. I could tell you, not hundreds of stories, but many stories, of just how incredible it is to know the nearness of God. Uh, talking about the youth, I was speaking to Ben uh, last night and I don't really know Ben well uh, and I've learned that you know what you see on the outside isn't always a reflection of what's the inside and I mean Ben's a nice tall good looking guy uh, and he's got a lovely you know, demeanor about him and all the rest and and so I said hey Ben like tell me what's what's the Lord doing in your life and um, 
It was, uh, he wasn't taken back. He actually quite enjoyed the question. And uh, we started to talk, and we were sitting around the fireplace last night. And, and one of the things he said to me is that, he's, that he really has gone through a dry period. He'd gone through a, um, a, a, a time of dryness, just where the, the sense of God was not, not near. And uh, I asked him if I could share this, by the way. I asked him this morning, could I share just what we chatted about? And, uh, and then he said he... he he began to find a song. Okay, this is my own words. But he began to find a song to the Lord. And, he, and, he, and a friend of his encouraged him to read the book of Psalms. And so with, with him pushing into just, just being in the Lord's presence and, and reading some of the Psalms, he said, this is what happened. It's like the sweetness of the Lord's presence became real again. The sweetness of God's presence. And really, if I, from a biblical perspective, what, 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 how do I see that? It's like, it's like the Father and the Son, the Father and the Son, the awareness of who they are with Him became real, the sweetness of it. Have you heard that story of uh, one of the old church fathers says, I've, uh, I walk with Him and I talk with Him. And if you'd know the sweetness that we enjoy, there's something about the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that brings the, the affection of God, the sweetness of God. And so we see this as well in the life of Jesus. Let's go back to the book of Mark. Uh, go with them. I'm, I'm uh, going to stay, try and stay too true to the text. And it says, verse 9, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was, was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water... So he wasn't being baptized now for the repentance, uh, of, for repentance and for the forgiveness of sins. He was being baptized because in Jewish custom, to be baptized, part of it was to consecrate yourself to the will of God. And so he was fulfilling all righteousness by, by bowing down and allowing the, 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 the full outworking of God's will in his life. And he actually was in some way submitting to God's authority. John the Baptist was God's voice and he was recognizing that the Lord had, had, uh, had anointed John the Baptist and so he submitted himself to John the Baptist. And out of that, the scripture says, this is what it says, and the heavens tore open. Yo. He saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I'm well pleased. Incredible words. Such an affirmation from God. Um, and it's interesting, we see a, a tearing open and we see the gentleness of a dove. We need to see both parts of God. And he settles on, he descends on the Son of God. The Holy Spirit can descend on a human body. The Spirit of God can actually come upon you. You can become aware of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon you. That's part of the working of the Spirit. And when the Spirit of God is working, you'll often hear His voice much clearer, much more clearly. And so when the Spirit of God came upon him, it says, and he heard a voice. He saw and he heard. And a voice said, this is my son. This is him in, in, in whom. This is my son who belongs to me and I am well pleased in him. 
And this is before he'd done any of his public ministry. I like that about the Lord. It's very similar to Genesis 1. Before Adam, this is one, a good one for the men, before Adam had done any work, God looked at Adam and Eve and said, I'm so pleased with you. What a who you are and how I've made you. I am, I am so overjoyed by who you are. And so here we see that same pattern of God's affirmation coming to him even before he's done any great works. The Spirit of God coming upon. I wonder, um, would you be hungry? Would you thirst for the Spirit of God to have his way with you? Would you be open for actually the God of heaven to speak to you? Because that's what happens when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon people. I can see Darby there watching me carefully and saying, where is this guy going with this? You know, often with the Holy Spirit, there's, um, he becomes, especially in charismatic circles, it's like he's the one that makes people fall down. He's the one that makes you speak in tongues. And we, we somehow attach certain manifestations to the work of the Spirit and actually lose out on the beauty of who he really is and what his purpose is. And so we learn a certain expectation or a certain... Uh, Way of thinking when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You know, for me, he has been an incredible, real companion. A real companion for many years. I would say my earlier days, I knew that he was a person, but I experienced him more as someone who sort of out of a mysterious place arrived and did his work and then he sort of lifted uh, but I've, as I've lived, I've been in the faith for more than 30 years. It's like the, the awareness of God's presence through the Holy Spirit. And the friendship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit has been life-changing for me. And I've, especially in times of trial, especially in times of difficulty, I've been able to lean into him. And when I'm not sure how to pray, I say, Lord, you praying for me. Could you help me pray the right prayers? And so I'm, I'm, I'm leaning upon God for God to strengthen me in how to follow God. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing upon him. I'll tell you one story that's quite applicable to me. I was praying one morning. This is a year, about, a, about 10 months before COVID. I'm a businessman. Uh, so a lot of my work is, in, is Monday to Saturday. Where we, our business is open more than Monday to Saturday, but uh, I'm, I'm involved in, in just the normal runnings of the business. And one morning I'm praying. And because he's immersed me in himself, all of my life belongs to him, not just my church life and not just my prayer life. So I'm praying one morning. I'm just telling you how relevant it is to have the Holy Spirit in your life. And uh, I have, now I want to try and say it accurately because you're going to think, yo, this guy hears God and it's so clear. But when God speaks, it's not always like a booming voice. It's like a little breath that you see going through the trees. And you learn to recognize when he's speaking. And I just had a, 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 an awareness of a vision. And God knows how to communicate to all his children. And the vision was I saw my business in a moment and I saw myself selling off half my vehicles. 
Now, I've got a, a car rental business. I've got, I've got many, many, many cars. I won't tell you how many I've got. But, uh, uh, and it didn't make sense to me. I thought to myself, Lord. So and I'm reasoning with the vision I saw. And I started to work it out. I took my pen out and I'm doing sums and I'm you know, doing calculations and I'm looking at the whole thing. And I, I had the sense of God that God was speaking to me about my business. And uh, I'm saying, Lord, help me understand this. What's going on? And I was trying to, in business terms, make sense of what the Lord had spoken to me. Because selling half my fleet did not make sense from a business perspective. But he could see what was coming. I couldn't. He knew that COVID would come, that they would shut down all business. And I'm able to, in my current venue, hold about 20% of my vehicles. So if all my cars come back uh, and I pack, I pack in the whole area, I can hold 20%. If I go and look around our area, there might be some other space I can rent to hold another percentage. But I've got limited space. And um, it'll be absolute chaos, absolute chaos, if all my vehicles returned. I'm talking proper chaos, like a storming wind that blows everything apart. Never mind the financial chaos that comes with that. Um, and so I'm pondering on this, and I say, Lord, I'm not exactly sure what you saw and what you're seeing, but I'm going to by faith, I'm going to, I'm going to obey you. I obeyed him 90%. So because I couldn't understand fully why, it was like I was doing this by faith. When, the, when March arrived in 2020, I understood why. And we just started to see cars coming back and there was mass pandemonium and, and uh, clients were just dropping off cars. And fortunately, we had obeyed that word that the Lord gave us. And we were able to navigate the storms. And I, I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, your kindness is, is so unfair. Like my competitors haven't seen what's come their way. You've shown me. I, didn't even, I, I, I wouldn't have even been able to comprehend if God told me loudly, there's something COVID-19 coming. It's going to hurt the business. In, I, mean, I wouldn't even had understanding to grapple with. All I knew was he showed me what I do know. I saw my fleet of cars and I saw myself, I saw myself selling off half of them. I managed to rent some other land, uh, which was a God gift. And I was able to navigate that horrible storm. On top of that, the Lord had instructed us a few years ago, do not leverage the business by the banks. Try and, and uh, work your business as much as you're able to on a cash basis. And so we were not only able to, in the moment, adjust ourselves and, and shift direction and navigate the storm, but we were able to navigate the financial storm. And many of my competitors who are my size, you know, I'm not talking about the Avises, I'm talking about the guys who are privately owned businesses. Many of them no longer exist because they couldn't handle that level of, of holding the business cash flow and navigating such a storm, but we survived it. And it was because we were in partnership with the beloved Holy Spirit. And I would sit in his presence in the mornings when I'm going to work, I'm praying in tongues, saying, Lord, 
Is there anything in the business that you would like me to adjust today? Lord, is there anything that you would want from me? Wow, I'm in, I'm in relationship with him. And so not only is my church life influenced by the Holy Spirit, my marriage life, but my working life and who I am because I was baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit. I don't think that I would be here this weekend if I didn't hear the Lord. I wouldn't be able to because I'd be working very hard to stay afloat. But because of his influence, I'm actually able to be here. Because we, we have a business that survived a storm built on the rock. Not built in sand, but built in something that's greater than me. Isn't that encouraging? I wish I could tell you about my marriage. I'm married a psychologist. But even people that are uh, very gifted in relational things and married to someone like me, uh, uh, we can actually go through real struggles. And I found that, that uh, it was a very humbling thing to rely upon other people, but also to rely upon the Holy Spirit to come through some of our marriage conflict. We prayed our way through. We didn't get counseled through. We cried our way through. <laughs> we prayed our way through. And groaned our way through. But our, the great comforter was there. Right in the midst of another crisis. And actually it says, it says that, that immediately after the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And spoke those encouraging words. What is the next thing that happened? The Spirit drove him. That's a theological stretch for some of us. Took him into the wilderness. God will sometimes lead you into a difficult place. Will actually allow you to go into a difficult place. To strengthen something in you. And I know I'm an ambassador of, of Andrew uh, as much as the Lord. Uh, Andrew would love me to tell you this. That the Holy Spirit is not just, yeah, just to comfort you. Or to strengthen you. But he will actually lead you through difficulty. But on the other side of a valley... He will lead you right the way through so you can be a witness. And so later on we see that and, and, and coming out of the wilderness, what happened? He began to preach the kingdom is near. In our language, God is right here. He began to preach God is right here. God is with you. And he began to preach the gospel. And it was a witness. The Spirit of God will make you a witness. He'll take you through your trials. He'll comfort you. He'll affirm you. He's with you. Even when you pass through death, he never leaves you. You're not going to go from this place to that place and have a bit of a gap with God. He'll take you right through. I'm very excited. I'm 53. I don't think I'm going to live much more than 80, but God can have his final say. I'm not sure how, how long I'm going to live. But man, I've got like probably, if I really live a long time, like a long time, I've only got 27 years left. <laughs> And to stand before God, man, I'm so looking forward to that. To come home. To finally come home. Who cares about the second coming? I do care about it. But I'm, I'm coming home. Like I'm going to be standing before him. Living for him. And you know what? The same blood that cleansed me has cleansed you. The same inheritance that I have is yours. And the plans that God has for you 
are unlocked by the Spirit of God living in you and around you. You need Him. And some of us would need to say, Holy Spirit, I, I, I do know you, but Lord, I, I need to soften my heart to you. And I want to honor you, Holy Spirit, and allow myself to yield to you, to be baptized afresh in him. So let's stand. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So I want those who are repenting and they're thinking to come.